Question. Who is the smallest person in the Bible? Any guesses? Zacchaeus. Who said Zacchaeus? That is a very, very good answer. Wrong. Any other guesses? That would, be, that would have been my guess before I heard the truth. Well, it is contained in today's first reading. The shortest person in the Bible is Nehemiah, or as he was called, Nehemiah. Nehemiah. That wee little governor of Israel. Okay, that's a bad joke. It's a bad joke because what you might not know is there is an even shorter person in the Bible. He was one of the three so-called friends of Job's. Bildad the Shuhite. The Shuhite. Oh, good Lord, you ate a <laughs> Well then, anyway, <laughs> take comfort in the fact that you will not have to hear these jokes again until at least the year 2022. Because today is the only day in the entire three-year cycle of the church lectionary when we hear from the book of Nehemiah. But rest assured, in 2022, I'll be back. <laughs> All right. In today's first reading, a poignant and moving worship service is taking place. The people of Israel had been exiled in Babylon for about 70 years, from 586 to 516 BC. The first generation to return to Jerusalem found it decimated. It took 22 years to rebuild the temple. Then, anywhere from 40 to 80 years elapsed before Nehemiah, a Jew in the court of the Persian king Artaxerxes, got permission to go back to Jerusalem to help rebuild its city walls. After a number of setbacks, that task was accomplished in a few months. Our reading this morning describes the worship service that takes place a few days after the city wall's completion. For the first time in 150 years, the Torah... The law of God is revealed to Moses, is read in the temple to all the people gathered. So it's a poignant moment in their history. Their once destroyed city is finally rebuilt, even if it does cast a mere shadow of its former glory. The walls surround it, symbolically circumscribing the Jews' identity as a people tied to this one place after decades of being scattered. And they are gathered together for worship as one people at long last. The returned exiles, professionals, priests, craftsmen, and the wealthy, joining the remnant who were left behind in Judea, the people of the land, poor farmers and herdsmen. These two groups weren't getting along so well at this point. But when Ezra, the scribe, reads from the Torah that day, the people realize they are one. The word of God recalls them to their common identity and history as a people who worship Yahweh. And no one is left out. Where they have congregated is the square in front of the water gate, a place where everyone could be present, even the ritually unclean. 
The Torah is not read inside the temple for the elect few. Men and women and all who could understand are included. Our first reading this morning uses the phrase, all the people, eight times, defining this moment as one of unity, of reunion and return. And the people weep, though we're not sure why. Maybe for sorrow at all the years they were without the word of God. Maybe for regret when these readings remind them how far short they have fallen from the laws of God all these years. Maybe for joy at recovering the Torah and their identity. Probably for all of the above. And so it is with us. Our history is not that of the Jews in Nehemiah's time, of course. But we still gather together in this church from our disparate lives. Some of us coming from a place of exile. Maybe it's been years since we've stepped foot in a church. Others of us coming with a sense of having been left behind here. Like those poor farmers in Jerusalem, we stayed faithful to this place, but now may feel taken for granted and shunted aside despite our years of service. But all of us are here with a longing for the word of God. To return to the sacred text each week. To reunite with the beloved community. All of us carrying a hope for transformation in our hearts. We bring our sorrows, our regrets, our joys, our anger. Trusting that all we have and all we are will be welcomed and included. Do not mourn or weep, Nehemiah tells us. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. Together we are one as the body of Christ. That's what Paul says in his epistle to the Corinthians. And while there are many things we can do on our own, being a Christian is not one of them. Like the human body, we are separate parts of an interdependent whole. The eyes cannot see without the brain, cannot think without the blood, cannot flow without the heart, cannot function without oxygen from the lungs, can't survive without the rib cage to protect them, and on and on and on. So to be the body of Christ is to be in relationship with others, to work together. We all have a part to play in making sure that body functions properly, that it's healthy and active, or contemplative and at rest when necessary. And Paul insists that none of us as parts of Christ's body is disposable. Who we are and the unique gifts we bring to this church are just what the body needs. So if you walk through those church doors some days feeling like a, a pinky toe, <laughs> wondering whether all these brains in here could have any use for you, remember, you just might be the balance this community needs, the little toe that stabilizes and grounds us, that brings us back to our center. Some of you are eyes. You have a vision of what St. Luke's is and could be, so you've joined the vestry. Or you can see when a fellow member is in distress. Or your creative eye selects our bulletin's artwork or participates in our yearly art show. Some of you are ears and mouths, good listeners who offer compassion and comfort to others. Or good lectors with an ear for phrasing 
or singers in the choir or the pews or musicians who share your talents with us. Some of you are hands. Your gift is one of tactile service, doing maintenance on the church grounds, coming to a parish cleanup day, setting up and cleaning up and beautifying the sanctuary as an altar guild member, baking our communion bread, counting our collection plates, shaking hands and handing out bulletins as ushers. Some of you are feet. You feel called to walk out those church doors and stand with the oppressed and forgotten in our society. And some of you come to church every week and sit in your seat, never knowing how your presence might inspire those of us who see your faithful attendance. We need each other. And Christ needs us all to be his body in the world. Last Sunday, 15 of us stepped out as the body of Christ and joined in a Los Gatos interfaith service project at Sacred Heart Community Service, prepping bags of groceries and sorting clothes alongside Jews, Presbyterians, and Muslims. Now that's what I'm talking about. I had the distinct pleasure of bagging canned peaches next to Mia, an eighth grader from Shir Hadash Temple, who told me about her bat mitzvah. In front of her congregation, 13 years old, holding the yad, the pointer to mark her spot on the Torah scroll, she read from Numbers chapter 12, the story of Miriam, Moses' sister being struck with leprosy for questioning the authority of her brother. Not the nicest reading. <laughs> but after the reading, Mia gave a short sermon on the meaning of the text. She didn't tell me what she said that day, but I imagine she applied that scripture passage to her own life revealing a truth about herself and God's message for everyone in that particular text. That's precisely what Jesus does in today's gospel reading. From Isaiah chapter 61, he recites, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor, to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And then, in the shortest sermon ever, he merely says, Today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. Just nine words, but they reveal a truth about who he is and the message he brings from God. Christ came down to embody those words from Isaiah. As the body of Christ, we are called to the same. The Spirit of the Lord is upon you because he has anointed you to bring good news to the poor. He has asked and commanded you to proclaim release to those held captive in so many ways. To recover the sight of those blinded by their own hatred or pain. To advocate for the oppressed that they may one day be free and to proclaim this year as the one of the Lord's favor. Let these words be fulfilled in your hearing. If you seek a good book on the anatomy of the body of Christ, I commend to you St. Luke's annual report. In this book of anatomy, 
you will find many surprising and wonderful stories about how this body functions and thrives, along with diagrams that may reveal an opportunity for you to participate as a crucial member of this body. I will say by way of example, uh, just yesterday I received an email from a parishioner who tells me that uh, she has been a member here for over 50 years, doesn't know a lot of people, but makes greeting cards and is happy to send them to those who are sick and under the weather if I send their addresses. So this is someone who can't participate, perhaps as she used to, but wants to be useful. And what a gift it is when you're sick to get a card that says, from your friends at St. Luke's who are thinking of you. The young boys who are 14 years old and play strings at our 5 p.m. service are very excited to start a high school concert program every other month with their friends from Saratoga High School. They want to inject some life into this place and bring young people. It doesn't matter where you are in your life. You can do something that brings joy to others and comfort and none of us are indisposable. None of us are, we are all indisposable. That is the message. As it was with the Jews hearing Ezra read from the Torah for the first time in decades, so it is with us. Unity, identity, interdependence, commitment, and joy. Those are some of the characteristics that we carry as the body of Christ. And the blood that flows through it all is God's love. So today, let us take heart and hands and knees and noses and toeses and chins and shins. Let us take heart that we get to be together as the body of Christ. And let us give thanks for the love that we share in this community of St. Luke's. Amen. Amen.